Welcome to episode 297 of Texting, hosted by myself, Justin Vincent, and this guy over here, Jason Roberts. And today we are in the Batcave, again, which I suspect might be the new regular location for our shows. And it's uh, not particularly... It's raining, well, almost. It's, it's kind of a gray day, would you agree? Slightly gray? Yeah, it's, it's sort of uh, North Pacific Northwest gray, kind of. It's very yeah. strange. Just doesn't... Just, just doesn't you know, feel... last night it was... So it was, it was actually kind of cold. You know, we went to dinner last night and actually yeah. know, I put on some long pants and it was you know, overcast. Mm-hmm. And we came back, we were watching Groundhog Day. Love that. And for some reason, I mean, it's a, it's a show that takes place in the winter. For some reason, I think I've watched it. The last few times I've watched it, it was like on New Year's Eve. And it, so I, I felt like Christmas time. I was like, does it feel like Christmas to you? And she's like, what? You know? I said, yeah, it feels to me, it just feels very Christmassy. And I, I was trying to figure out why, but I think it was a combination of Groundhog Day and the weather. But yeah, absolutely. I like it. I hate it when it's just, I, I, you know, because it got really hot there for a few days last week. Yeah, I was, worried you, gonna, I was worried you were going to have your uh, AC on. No. So we wouldn't be able to do the show, but this has worked out well. Yeah, when you know, Justin is pointing at my portable ac because our central air is broken and it's been broken for like it looks a lot years. like a 1960s sci-fi movie robot <laughs> <laughs> yeah i would love to get rid of it i mean we're 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 considering replacing the ac but that's going to cost like twelve thousand dollars so yeah. um it's just we've been we haven't been able to afford it so it's just kind of one of those things well it'd be awesome if you do then it's going to be super easy to do shows here well we better than that i can actually fall asleep at night during the summertime oh. <laughs> <laughs> instead of having to take like a second shower at like 11 30 at oh night or midnight because oh, wow, i feel like yeah. sticky you know when you're laying in bed and you start getting that it can increases in your elbow and increases yeah. in your um in your knees and you st- it starts getting sticky and you can't you should I can't do it. fall asleep like you that. should do it you're you're a man of means yeah not yet not yet <laughs> but um oh what was i gonna say about that oh Anyway, I slipped my mind. Anyway, so uh, so how are you? What's up? What's up with the Roberts? Well, I just uh, I just came back from Colby's football practice. Oh yeah, I give a little Colby. I haven't given a Colby update in a while. No. Well, I won't go too in, in too much detail, but um, so he's he's doing off season football, baseball, and off season football. Baseball, and football are two sports, and he he has been wanting to play quarterback. Mm-hmm. Now the problem with playing quarterback is everyone wants to play quarterback, right? There can only be one prom queen. Right. Mm, yeah. You no, know, it's 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 a really, really difficult position to 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 nail because the kids that play it are gonna have to be the best athletes, you know, um, because you have to have a really good arm and just generally athletic and you really gotta and you gotta be well trained. And a lot of the You gotta have a good brain as well, right? That helps quite a bit too. Yeah, you got a very good decision making and and um things. But at this level what really happens too is that the the kids who sort of get into the position are the kids whose parents are ex quarterbacks or know a lot about football and they've been training them to be a quarterback, right? Right, right. Like yeah. raising a quarterback. You know, in fact, I, I can imagine them being a book title, How to Raise a Quarterback. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like the most extreme, you know, like tiger parenting. You know, I mean, it's it's like being a pitcher baseball, but it's like four times harder, four or five times harder because you can have four or five pitchers on a baseball team. You know, but you can only have one, really one quarterback and maybe, you know, one backup. So he's been wanting to do this. And he always wants to go out and throw, and I'll go out and throw with him. And, you know, last year he didn't have much of a shot because he was he was one of the younger kids. And the kid who was, you know, a year and a half, year older, a head taller, been playing quarterback for three or four years, all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. right? And um, 
But then the coaches had seen him throw a few times at the end of practice. And they're like, hey, Colby, throw this to me. And they're like, yeah, we want to start working him out as quarterback. And I was just like, okay, well. <laughs> get, his, get his hopes up. Uh, you know, well, sometimes the worst thing can be is like backup quarterback. Because you could be like one of the best athletes on the field and you're not playing at all. Because mm. you're the backup quarterback. Okay. It's like, I'd rather play starting tight end or starting outside linebacker, or, you know, whatever, than sitting on the bench watching another quarterback play. So I've been sort of um, not super enthusiastic about him doing it, but finally, well, and the coaches had said, look, you should get him a quarterback coach. And, but he's been playing baseball like six days a week because he plays on two teams. And it's like, when the hell are we going to get a do quarterback practicing right in off season finally one of his you know little league season ended and so i was like well we got like two months till preseason starts i guess we should sort of do something about this right i mean i otherwise i'm, I'm making the decision for him yeah if he goes into preseason and he didn't do have any individualized training no hope yeah he just he's you're untrained you don't really know what you're doing so was that where he was before this today well no i well this was his regular offseason practice but i i found a so his quarterback coach was my uber driver (laughs) (laughs) so uh, we were this is like this is probably back in december this is yeah this is my december trip he was giving me a ride to lax to go up to see uber and um i started talking we were just talking about this or that and he said that he was a you know football coach and i said oh yeah my kid plays and so it turns out he had been coaching he's been coaching for you know whatever 20 or 30 years he's coached little uh, like the the kids teams he's coached a bunch of these high schools some of the community colleges like mount sac and Pasadena city college and so he's just yeah you know you know been around forever and and he said you know he gives private lessons if i was interested so he gave me his card and I'd had his card and I had this other guy who was who I ran into when we I was at the I was at the locking out a high school field. My daughter was part of doing this little area was doing this little soccer clinic and I saw this guy working out with this teenage player as mm. a quarterback stuff and I was like, Oh man, there's a quarterback coach. So I went over and talked to him a little bit. It turns out I knew the father. I knew this kid and his father. I just randomly and he's like yeah it's great you know and so i waited the guy finished i went talk to him he's like six hundred dollars a month for two workouts a week and so that was kind of like dude i i was like we can't afford six hundred dollars that's a a month you know and so that made me also just kind of like not only do we not have any time but i don't have i don't have you know that much money to be putting into this and so I, so when I started thinking about it, I was like, all right, we got two months. I guess we got to do something. And this one guy was $600 a month. I'm like, well, let's try, the, let's try this other guy because he's probably going to be that expensive. Turns out he's $20 a session. <laughs> I'm like, now you're talking. Right? That's crazy. So um, we did it this past week. Um, you know, we did, you know, do it Monday, Wednesday evenings and Saturday morning. And that's sort of our little schedule and just 45 minutes. And um, I, I mean, I think he's good. As far as I can tell, he seems like he's good. I mean, he's, like I said, he's, he know he's coached this level. He's coached high school. He knows what these could should be able to do yeah, and what yeah. they're going to be expected to do yeah. and what he needs to know. And been doing it for a while, right? Yeah. 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 So, um, so I'm kind of excited about that. I mean, I mean, I, mean, I, I want, like I said, I just want to give Colby a shot. As I told his coaches, like, I just want to make him part of the conversation. I'm not expecting him to be the starting quarterback necessarily, but as long as he's part of the conversation, I think that first year, for his first year trying to be quarterback, I think that would be a win. And what does, how's Colby, does he enjoy that training? <laughs> he loves it. 
Yeah. He's, okay. you know, he's scampering around. I can't wait to do it, you know? So anyway, I just picked him up. He had his, he has off season practice now four days a week. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally like Tuesday, Thursday, Friday nights, <laughs> Sundays. I don't, we have baseball. I mean, how many, three or four days it's cause you, a lot of times he has two practices a day. Baseball goes baseball to football or football to baseball back and forth. And then we have three days a week of this private training. <laughs> but it's him i'm not like going well Colby, you gotta do this he's he, like he wants to do it like he's yeah with it. yeah well you know uh, yeah he wants to do it it's unlike soccer where i would be like oh, i want to go you know come on colby you, you, yeah you you want you, that was the one you really wanted him to do but he didn't really want to do it he but, did it first and then it just started to fade and then i was like look you can't quit middle of the season or they're depending on you like you gotta yeah. once you're on a team you gotta go but you know it wasn't like i made him sign up and play it was just like you can't not go to practice. People do what they want to do. People are obsessed with what they're obsessed with. That's you just can't really. You can't. You, can't I mean, you can it. introduce stuff to kids, but you can't make them love it. And if they're not going to love it, then just let them find the thing they love mm-hmm. because it's just it's just you're you're going against the grain. You're 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 trying to swim upstream and eventually going to run out of energy and you're like screw it. Anyway, so I went to pick him up this morning before our show. Sandy dropped him off, and I had to go drive downtown L.A. at the Cathedral High School, which is where they're doing the training session and. You know, I, watched, I was there for like the last 30 minutes or what I thought was going to be the last 30 yeah, minutes. Yeah. Um, as I was kept texting you, I'm like, nope. Push the <laughs> show still back. still going. Push, push the show back. Yeah. Push the show back. And so he's he's good. So his two goals are he wants to play linebacker on defense and quarterback on offense, which are like the two prime positions. <laughs> like your linebacker is like your defensive captain. Well, he's, he's opening his options then, isn't he? Like, the, like your, your chances of getting one or the other is high. Well, they really want him. I mean, talking to the head coach, he wants Colby to be the – he's like, hey, this is my captain of my defense. This is my middle linebacker. So he's already thinking of Colby as that. I mean, nothing's for sure. Who knows? Yeah. You could get three kids come in who are just ridiculous. So he's thinking the, the line – what's, what's the, the position? Linebacker. These are the guys who are behind the line. Yeah. They're kind of like the um, Ray Lewis – you know, and he's the cap. He would be the captain of that. Yeah, yeah. Right. And Colby, of course, he's always they call him Coach Colby because he's always trying to coach her pay up. <laughs> Whether or not he really knows what he's what he's talking about, <laughs> he's going to tell you. What he, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I told Colby, I think I think what a win would be if you could be the starting middle linebacker. Yeah. And the backup quarterback. Yeah. I think that would be an amazing you know, situation to be in, especially a team of our caliber, which we won this, the entire city last year. This isn't like a, you know, this is a really competitive, incredible athletes on this team. So anyway, went to figure out practice. And so I sat down and I had to watch, you know, or I had to watch, but I'm watching. I was, I was me. I was trying to come up with stories. <laughs> I was, I was backlogged about 35 stories on Insta paper. <laughs> And so I'm like, I got to find some stuff. And then I'm like trying to watch him out of the corner of my eye. And so he plays linebacker first. And then the second part, they come down and he's quarterback. And well, they actually have two quarterbacks. One, he's like, the, he's the, the age group older than Colby. And they had him go down and you know, he's like a head taller than Colby. He's Colby's age, but he's actually a bunch a bigger kid. Yeah. And so he'll play a, he'll play a, 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 a level up. And then, um, and he did fine you know didn't make many completions because it's it's hard because <laughs> he's you know they're actually playing they're playing uh flight equivalent of like what they call um i don't know it's a run and throw i mean they just have, <laughs> they have defenders and everything and colby goes down and like, he throws two touchdown passes he throws a bunch of bullets that were kind of like the you know the slot the slant <laughs> throws which were good they were smart he was playing high probability drill those things in 10 15 yards into a running receiver guy kind of like the tom brady kind of stuff which at this level, I think they should focus on because they're much catch, much more catchable. 
But then he also threw two touchdowns, and he finished off. He had the last throw of the game, the last throw of the day, and a hit. It was like a 30-yard bomb right over the receiver in the guy's hands and got a touchdown. That's amazing. That's I, awesome. I, you know, too much applause on the sideline. I was like, holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he'll be the quarterback. Well, because on Friday, I picked him up from, they have this thing, Friday, they have this Friday night practice that goes till 8.30. It's called Friday Night Lights. And I come, I went to the gym. And Friday I, Night Lights? Yeah, after, named after the TV show. Yeah, yeah. You're one of your favorites. Yeah. By the way, I would love to go to that. I don't care about even going to a game. I'd love to go to just a practice session like that. Right, that would be I'll, awesome. I'll pick you up. I'll yeah. let you know. Maybe meet me there. Yeah. Um, it's kind of up near you too. It's up on Fair Oaks. It's north. That'd be gr- brilliant. Yeah. So he, uh, he, they, they were kept running these drills where he had two receivers with two receivers, two, two defenders and a res- uh, two defensive backs and a safety. And, and some of his kids were like big, like one comes like, like a five ten on the defense and they kept running the same route so the defenders kept cheating the routes like they knew where Kobe was going to pass it and one guy was going long and Kobe didn't feel like he could throw that long so he kept having to throw the short route and he threw an interception and was kind of throwing it low and he, he came off and he was just really dejected and I'm like Kobe why don't you throw long he's like I can't throw that far I can't I'm like you got a shot you got to take a shot you know it's practice you know it's okay take a shot and he's like they're, they're they know what you're going to do because he's the because the court, the coach is making him run the same route, yeah, out. and yeah. and it's over these crowding the guy so he can cheat on jump the route or he can, you know, I mean, what are you gonna do? And so he was down. He's like, I threw six interceptions. I'm like, eh, you threw one. Like, relax, <laughs> it's okay. So I'm trying to talk him down from it because he's really down. Like he was almost in tears in the car because mm. he really wants to be quarterback and he just felt like he did horribly. And after the day, like Colby. What did we learn? I was like, look, I said, first, I'm really proud of you bounce back like that. I mean, that's really important. I said, even the best quarterbacks I've ever played have had horrible games. They've had horrible series, horrible games. They've had horrible series of games. You know, Hall of Famers. I said, you're going to have bad games. You're going to have bad practices. You're going to have bad weeks. And you got to bounce back from it. And you got to believe in yourself. And you got to just play your game and focus on what you need to improve on and work on those things. And you also got to keep your emotions in check because the team is looking to you to direct what's going on because you're the captain. <laughs> and if you're getting emotional or dejected or frustrated, the team is not going to perform effectively. Anyway, it was just a great, it was such a great, it was so close Friday. It was dejection and almost in tears. And I got home and I tell Sandy, I'm like, Sandy, you need to talk to him. I said, do you need to? He's and down. so he threw the long ones then this yeah, today. 30 yard. I was like a 30 yard bomb. I so just like, what he should have thrown, what he could have thrown on Friday. He said he couldn't do it. Yeah, he couldn't he do it. He said he couldn't do it. I'm on like, Friday, he couldn't do it. Excuse me, I thought you couldn't throw that ball. <laughs> and what did he say? <laughs> he said, well, I learned how to do that in the last two days. Well, you know, because I was, you know, I mean, it's partly mechanics, partly it's just practice or whatever. And I, I, I went and talked to his, his when, I, when I, at the beginning of like his individual lesson, the Coach AD. And when was that? Uh, and this was on um, Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I'd said to him, I said, you know, I, I asked him, I said, so how's he doing? You know, and I told him what I thought Colby needed to work on. I said, he needs to work on leading the receiver and some of the things. He said, yeah, yeah. And he's like, I was like, what about his distance? He's like, yeah, he's throwing 25, 30. He's, he's like, he's a strong-ass kid. He's a strong-ass kid. He's like, that's not a problem for this. I said, that's really good for this age. I was like, because I, I wasn't sure because I've seen some, there are some kids who are just a head taller who can get some really good distance. And hmm. anyway, it was a great that's awesome. It was a great moment as a parent. You do watch your dad, your uh, your son throw, you know, touchdown pass, and you know, see him just. He was, of course, he's just jumping up and down, and <laughs> giving the coach, giving a high five. And it was so, when's that next Friday night lights game? 
Well, it's oh, always Friday. It's just Friday. Friday. It's just practice. It's oh yeah, just, I'll, I'll, I'll. I come mean, to it's, the next Friday. it's it's just like you know, it's nothing special if you're just not doing anything. Yeah, it'd be great. Um, love to do it. But uh, yeah, <clears throat> so we'll see. We'll see. I, you know, I, I. It's very possible that there could end up being like two quarterbacks transfer into the area from other teams, and they're just like been playing quarterback for four years, and they're head taller, and you know, and he's just not going to be considered. You never know. Yeah. So I'm just like, we'll, we'll let's see. <laughs> let's see how it goes. Awesome. That was exciting. It was a. It was uh, as a parent, it was, it was fun. You live for those moments. Are just like you can't get <laughs> enough of them. You know. Yeah, Jack is. Um, oh, he's coming up to two years, and uh, he's so physical. He's such a physical kid, and I've shown you video of him kicking a ball. Like, hmm. I mean, he. I, I. I mean, right now he looks like he's probably going to be interested in playing sports. soccer, <laughs> sport, certainly sports, but soccer as well. I mean. He loves taking the ball and just like running up the the lawn with it, and he he's just completely natural at like running and kicking at the same time. Which yeah, is you can usually tell us stuff. You, you mean obviously you don't know what sports are going to be good at or how good they're going to be. There's yeah. like good enough to play in high school team, and there's good you know, and there's of course it's exponentially harder at every level. Yeah. But there's a big big difference in a kid who's like a high school level competitive athlete to the regular kid, right? You know, um, and. You 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 know it's funny you see parents when I coach Colby's soccer team for I did for, I guess coach for about four or five years and you know these dads that come out they bring their son out and you could just tell the dejection when they see their son they'd realize oh <laughs> <laughs> he's not athletic at all but those kids literally could not I mean they were like five and six years old they got played under six they could not kick the ball. They could not. It, it was weird. They could not. I mean, like, <laughs> like just kick, just stand there and just kick a stationary ball. I know ball. that's what's crazy. They could not. They did not have enough motor control to kick the ball. They couldn't dribble it. They they were just totally. It was almost like the ball was invisible to them. He he's going to be doing like by when does little tykes start at four kind of thing? Okay, so the 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 under six stuff is like you know they have under five now. They kind of break yeah. it under five or six, and that starts at like three and three, and that four, you know, so it's like four years old. Um, but they have like little clinics and stuff. They can start a little younger, and you know, <coughs> little get them introduced to it. But you know, coming in and having just a little bit of preparation makes the experience so much better because they actually know what they're doing. Well, I got him. I got him into this concept of like trying to score goals. So I'll, I'll go and stand back. Mm-hmm. And I'll just like open, like stand with my legs apart, basically. Mm-hmm. And he'll he'll shoot it in, and I'll, and if he gets it, and I'll go goal. And he likes that's great. that. You that's know? great. He likes yeah. that, and he can he can hit the mark. That's the funny thing. The key is just making fun <laughs> games like that. Yeah, just playing with yeah. that. I mean, just doing a lot of that, and, and you know, just like dribbling around, get him to dribble around, keep the ball near his feet, dribble like figure eight, see if he can dribble a little obstacle course. I don't know. We're not there yet. Well, obviously, <laughs> as he gets older, as yeah, he gets yeah, older, right? Yeah. Can you dribble? Oh, this time, not. Can you dribble there and around that tree and dribble it around here? You know, I mean, you know. <laughs> whatever can you can you know that kind of stuff yeah um and then it becomes the ball becomes second nature but mm. if he's an athletic kid i mean most kids it's funny a huge number of kids play soccer at least for one year yeah. like it's nowadays it's like the rite of passage i mean you know obviously most of them move on to something else after a year or two or three years but they you know there's a huge number of kids that play AYSS yeah, soccer. it's really it's really taken over in the country. It's like it's a big thing. I mean, there, there always used to be jokes like, "Oh, it's never going to become big in America," but it seems that it's actually big. Yeah, now. and the professional league gets better and better and expanding and expanding. Yeah. I mean, it's a process, but um, you know, it's it's becoming a thing. But you know, you'll as a parent. I mean, even as a parent, like you're like, I'm not into sports. I was never sporty. I never like like 
you'll get a huge, huge kick out of it if he turns out to be kind of into that stuff. <laughs> yeah, and actually no, I kind totally of good. Will. You'll never. I totally will. You, this is so. I mean, it's frustrating when they're not either good at it or interested. You know. And then you're just like, because my middle daughter, Izzy, was really good for a year. And then she just decided she wasn't going to try. And then just was like, wouldn't even, she was out in the field and wouldn't even participate, hardly. And you're just like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, she was the goal scorer for like the first three quarters of the season. And then something flipped, some switch flipped in her head and she just didn't care. Wasn't into it. Yeah. And it's endlessly frustrating. Um, but when they are into it. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I've, I've did it before. Like, I was never into baseball. Wasn't one of my sports. Sandy, of course, is a huge baseball fan. So she signed him up, and I was like, why? She's like, oh, I signed Kobe up for baseball. I'm just like, what? <laughs> like he's like, I signed him up for polo or something. Like, why? <laughs> you know? And, uh, of course, now my, my favorite things to do is go watch him play in a baseball game. Hmm. Anyway, you're, you have a ton of fun in your head, in your future, trust me. I'm excited. Well, so um, we're coming up to 20 minutes. Good grief. So, uh, so we probably should move I on got to a different, story. I got different some topic. Stuff. I got some stuff for you. All right, go on. Uh, but if we get some topics, if you, I, I've been talking a lot, so go ahead and if you got something. Well, do you want to, What do you want to hear? I mean, I've got I've got a lot of good topics. I think. Go ahead, bring a talk. And I've also got stuff that I'm going to do. Some news about stuff I'm going to do. So, what would you be more Whatever into? Whatever you want to do. Whatever you're most interested in talking about. Um. Well. Well. All right. I guess we'll just get into it. We'll get into nugget. <laughs> nugget <laughs> all right nugget nugget so um so i am uh with with a partner launching a new thing called nugget okay and the what's uh, your partner's name um ken wallace okay <laughs> which is funny that you don't remember that because <laughs> i've told you about 25 times <laughs> what's his name <laughs> <laughs> well i have no context like how it's just it's just a it's just a name right, right. i don't know who he is i've never met him you know, we talk about about once a month. But the irony oh. is, is that for the first six months, he kept on calling me Jason. <laughs> <laughs> that I knew him anyway. Um, so, uh, so basically, what it? So I'll try and I'll try and um, explain this in a nutshell. So basically, in a what, nugget shell. Huh? In a nugget shell. Well, let let's say so. Just just go back to like one of the reasons why I'm interested in this, why I'm doing this. So one thing that I'm we say doing stuff. That's that's a great that's a great thing to do. Doing do, stuff just is, do stuff. As 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 my mentor from high school, Steve Segura, used to say, doing stuff is good. Doing stuff is good. Hanging and, out with your friends and doing nothing is bad. So part part of the reason why you do stuff is so that uh, well, it's it's to execute on stuff. It's to learn. It's lock surface area. All you have those an things. experience. Um, yeah. And you know that that kind of meme of like ideas don't matter. You know what matters is execution. Mm -hmm. But. The truth is, ideas kind of do matter a little bit. Like, if you look at Y Combinator's uh, motto, it's basically build something people want. So they say, do stuff, start to do it, and then you're going to pivot to find something and do something that people want kind of thing. So just that's, that's, the, that's the path that it normally takes. But I don't know, like, I've, I'm really good at doing stuff. I've done a lot, and it's not ended up really great right <laughs> for example lights right <laughs> lights you know i i did that i i executed completely on that business like i built spent like nine months building it you know launched it like e every single part of it was launched and then i kind of realized you know what i don't really like this <laughs> i got a since we've been talking about soccer i got a funny analogy okay go on this coach he was a coach of this uh, semi-pro team up at san francisco that we um 
we went up and played an exhibition match against this team years ago. And yeah. this guy who was playing for my team used to play for his team. A guy named Kevin. And he, I think it was Kevin. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, yeah, the thing about Kevin is like, there's a lot of uh, energy, a lot of, but not a lot of production. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot I think he didn't use a different word from energy like he's a lot of like running around like but a lot of activity but not a lot of production right and, and you're like yeah I know what you mean but then because there are some guys who they seem like they're always where the ball is and they don't seem like they run that hard why are you always where the ball is like the ball is always coming to your feet it's like a gravitational pull but you're not you're not making things happen with it and the reason is you know where the ball is going to be you are you understand what's happening on the field you understand the dynamics you know where it's going to be and i always talk about um um jesus uh gretzky the you know greatest hockey player of all time and they said why how are you always where the how do you always you know end up with the puck or how do you he's like because i know where the puck is going to be so i just get to where the puck's going to be anyway so it's a way of like if you want to be productive you got to think, where's the puck going to be? Where is the action going to be? You need to be leading it, anticipating, understanding how things are evolving and developing and kind of putting yourself into that position before things get there. Because if you're chasing where things were, you know, you always like say, always fighting the last war or something. You tend to be always behind or whatever. And of course, yeah, there's, other, there's the other uh, mistake where people shoot five or 10 years ahead and it's just too early. So I guess with with this thing called Nugget, what I'm trying to do is to be really good at deciding what to do. So I mm -hmm. guess, you know, to decide where the box should be or whatever. So to be and, and to be really good at it in a way that works with the goal of bootstrapping something rather than funding something. Mm -hmm. So what we do, what we do as a business or as, as a thing is we source um, because, you know, the Amy Hoy sales safari concept. Mm hmm. So basically, or what? sales safari. Sales safari. I don't so know basically, Amy Hoy has this. Has this? This is where this whole thing came from. So Amy Amy Hoy has this concept called sales safari. Basically, you go and you you pick a forum somewhere, some forum with some community, some marketplace, and you look at what people are complaining about and what problems they have, and then that that's how you can you know find uh, products to build because you can see people are really you know they they have yeah. these problems that are looking to be solved. So I had the idea of, well, what happens if I, have, do you know what Amazon Mechanical Turk is? Sure. I think everybody knows. Yeah, yeah everyone. Yeah. yeah. So basically I had the idea, well, what happens if I just ask lots of people using Mechanical Turk, you know, what's a really big pain point for you every day that could be solved by software? Mm -hmm. And I just did it just, you know, as like a thing just for myself out of curiosity to see what would come back. And I was really surprised by the responses. Like there was a lot of amazing and interesting ideas that came back. From people who basically had said you know i'm willing to pay for this you know i'm willing to pay for this problem to be solved it's and so you know sometimes it's just a mundane problem like mm -hmm. you know like i don't know like amazon inventory tracker like there's no good amazon inventory tracker out there i really want one that could help me do x y and z yeah you know things like that so <clears throat> basically we're gonna we're myself and ken are gonna productize that and basically you you can sign you can go to nugget.one and you can sign up um nugget.one nugget.one yeah one is a top level domain now yeah yeah why not two i don't know nugget <laughs> nugget.one nugget well what, nugget what, what, just real quick what options are there what do you mean 
I mean, it's like, how many different dot whatevers are there? Oh, there's so many now. Like, because the, the, the TLD universe has exploded. There's a lot. Okay. There's a, there's a lot, and there's interesting ones. Now, the number ones. one or one, O-N-E? O-N-E. Okay. Nugget dot one. Nugget one. <laughs> which I, which I, <laughs> it sounds like it sounds like a capsule on like a rocket ship. Nugget one. I, well, lost in space. Kind of, <laughs> what what I, I actually think it's quite funny because it, it it sounds to me like the queen the queen is in an argument with someone and she's going to headbutt them. She I I'm getting very annoyed with one. I'm going to nugget one. <laughs> it sounds like it sounds like it's going to be some kind of. Headbutt. Why is a headbutting sound like nugget? I don't understand that. I, I don't know. It just that's what it makes me think of. Anyway, <laughs> it makes no sense. <laughs> All right. So so nugget. So tell us what nugget. nugget dot one. So so type into your address bar nugget dot one, and you will right. be able to enter in an email address, and um, be on the waiting list for when we do start it. And we're just going to send it, one of these things every day. So. A business idea that's been sourced from Mechanical Turk. Basically, well, not just that. Like, we're going to take it beyond Mechanical Turk. So, but a, a business—the the real thing is a business idea that is actually a pain point that someone genuinely has in their daily working life, who has expressed that they would be extremely happy to pay for it. You know, to pay for that problem to be solved. Now, the thing about the Mechanical Turk thing is that it's against Amazon's terms and com, uh, conditions to actually try and commun- you know to try and connect with these people so it's it's anonymous data right but that and, and on the surface of it you'd think that that was a problem but it's not really because once why you, would it be a problem well because anyone who we've spoken to so far say well i think the really important thing would be you could put me in touch with that person so that i could start interviewing them as a customer but Nah. I think that you can the, interview it, other people. Exactly. You, it's once you know what the problem is, once you know what the domain is, it's pretty easy to find that. Yeah. And, and that's part of the thing that that's part of the thing that we're going to get good at. So we're going to do a couple of things. We're going to have a forum, uh, like a a, a a forum that's you know membership based. Mm-hmm. So at the moment, uh, our starting fee is going to be eleven bucks a month, and we're going to send one idea a day. And it's going to give get you access to the forum. So wait, pro- it's how much? Eleven dollars a month? Yeah. Why not thirteen? I don't know. <laughs> Where did eleven come from? Two ones. <laughs> we just start. It's just a price point to start off. I think we're just copying what someone else did when they when they started. That's all. okay. Yeah. So um, that's all up in the air. I mean, really don't know. So we're just starting with a price that's not too much. Could be nineteen it next could, month. It, so get in while it's I mean, yeah, early. It could go up to forty nine. I mean, who knows what <laughs> what the price is? But that's what it's that's where it's starting right now. I mean, anyone who signs up to that wait list, it's going to be eleven. So, okay. Okay, so you, in your inbox, you will get one of these ideas. And there will be a, that idea will also be posted as a thread in the forum. And then everyone who's part of the forum will be able to talk about that idea. And myself and Ken will also basically talk about that idea, how best to execute on it, what would be a really fast way to execute on it, what would be good technology to use to build that idea, how to think about marketing for it, all those different things. So basically... To just as as an exercise of learning for us to get really good at qual, you know at picking because once again you know for every I don't know ten ideas we get back from Mechanical Turk probably only one of them is actually any good so we're over we're kind of overpaying so you're, you're getting, sourcing them so you guys are curating these ideas and only sending we're, we're exactly we're sourcing decent. we're curating so basically it's going to cost you at least a hundred bucks a month to get 
the ideas that we sent, I mean, probably 100 to 200 a month, you know, but we're... So when you ask them for ideas, you just have like a blank description or do you have like, you know, what domain is this? What's the script problem? How, they tell you us know? what the domain is. They tell us what the problem that they have. So basically the, the way that I phrase the question is, is like in your, in your daily work, what is a really big pain point for you that software could solve that isn't solved yet? Why does it have to be daily work? Why can't it be anything? It could be anything. I mean, your I'm, daily once, life. Once again, I'm just, I'm just, we're just starting out. I just, would put daily in your, in your daily life as a pain because <laughs> a lot of people's pains, I mean, have nothing to do with work. Uber, I suppose, but I suppose the one Facebook, reason, one reason Airbnb. why Airbnb. I mean, but but let me just tell you one one reason why is I mean to build an I mean I'm glad that you said those things, but to build an Uber or a Facebook or an Airbnb is a funded thing. Like what we're trying to do certainly initially is to find stuff that is going to be more like a B2B because it's easier to get money from those types of people than it is from from consumers. It's much oh. easier to get money in that yeah. B2B way. So that's the reason why we're just starting out that way. Okay. Um, so if you do, so that's nugget one, but nugget two. <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> nugget to you. <laughs> basically, basically, we are, it's like idea farming, but it's, it's not the same as ideas because ideas is just stuff that people makes up that they think is going to be cool. This is actually problem farming. So... What you should do is once a month, you have a really good idea, and it's called the golden nugget. <laughs> <laughs> the golden nugget. <laughs> and that costs $23 a month. Okay. <laughs> get the golden okay. nugget. Right. So <laughs> as you can probably tell, the whole thing's still formulating in, in our minds. But um, definitely, I know now that you will receive one of these business opportunities, let's call it that, every day in your inbox. Mm -hmm. Then there will be a place to talk about that in the forum with other members and mm -hmm. us. And we're going to do a podcast, which may be every week or every two weeks, I'm not sure, where we're going to invite very intelligent guests such as yourself to join us on the podcast. And we will pre-send you like 10 of these, these ten nuggets, nuggets, 10 nuggets or 20 or whatever. And you pick like, you know, three that you find interesting. Okay. And we'll just do a quick half an hour show. Okay. And you say, you know, you talk about it, why you find it interesting. And I know you will not find the ones interesting that will be something like, you know, well, there, there, for example, there was one, that, this is the kind of thing I think you would find interesting. Someone said, I, I'm looking for a search engine to source, you know, antibodies, <laughs> or like to, to source antibodies from the world or something like that. It was really weird. But there's been some interesting stuff coming back that it's just like, wow, I didn't even know that existed as a concept. Yeah, well, so... One thing that I had sort of, we talked about, and I had sort of mentioned to you as one of the things I thought might be a challenge for you is I felt like your, your world was sort of small. You were only in your home all day. Like you would, you, you, cause you'd ask me like, well, Jason, like, how do you get all these people? How do you, how do you meet all these people? How's opportunities? Like I'm out in the world, man. Like I'm interacting with people in so many different ways, but you're at home all day. <laughs> like you don't interact with anybody. And so, you know, like you just, you, I would say your world is kind of limited, but right. this solves that. Right? Right? Yeah. I mean, your world will become bigger as Jack grows up and he's involved in school activities and sports and you all of a sudden be interacting with people. But how does this solve that? Well, because the ideas don't just come from you. Right. Because right. if all your ideas are based around you developing SaaS products, that's only things that you can think about. Or, mm -hmm. you know, the things that you do, like, oh, I watch Netflix and I go shopping with Georgie for food and I make SaaS products. So all your ideas are kind of related to these little, just a very, very small fraction of the universe that you interact with on a daily basis. Right. It'd be really hard for you to perceive opportunities outside of those. 
because you just have no insight. You haven't you haven't felt any pain. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying my my world is massively huge, but I, I look at yours as particularly limited, you know, because you work at home. And anyway, I think this really helps with that. So right? I mean, it's an interesting. It's a good thing. It helps me, and it helps, helps anyone you. else like me. Yeah, it helps you because. Yeah, you just get a much broader range of ideas than you would normally get. Well, so I think because I think that even <clears throat> so, one of the one of the kind of pushbacks that people come up with is, well, if like a thousand people are receiving the same idea as me, you know, that I don't have any competitive advantage. But I don't think that is really that relevant because a a thousand people aren't going to execute it on it because something that Phil says a lot, which I completely agree with, it's all about are you the right person to do that thing. So a lot of people just wouldn't be interested in every one that comes through, you know, like if, if, if I sent you a hundred ideas, you probably only like a few, you know, mm-hmm. that's true. And, that, that's the point. That's a good point. The other thing is, um, I mean, how many times have we come up with ideas that we thought were pretty good and we talked for years and nobody did them ever. And, but, or, or, uh, but sometimes we thought they were good and they were good and someone did do them, but it took them like two years. Like it, they, took them t- it took two years for somebody did it or somebody eventually like did any it. food, like the, like the air pair thing, like, yeah, I mean, yeah, and they and they probably came upon it independently. I mean, the thing is, I don't think that's not something to worry about. And that's right. ideas, but also people can execute so differently on it. But the main point is, is that if you would, if you're just getting this like this throughput of this interesting stuff to think about and talking about interesting stuff with other people and being part of that community, it's just going to get your creative juices flowing, and mm-hmm. it's going to make you think about all these new different things that you wouldn't have otherwise thought about. So it's, I don't know what kind of surface area is, but it's a new kind of surface area, you know? Mm -hmm. That's good. So I think Nugget one. Nugget one. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's such a dumb name, but it might be good because it's just dumb. (laughs) 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 It makes me laugh every time I do it, which is good. I mean, if it makes me laugh, it's actually... Maybe good. It might be right? good. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's if, if it, like, a worse name would be like Idea Factory. Or yeah, right. Or exactly. Idea to You or yeah. Air Ideas or something. You're like <laughs> Zen Ideas or something. It's like, you know, you can remember it because it's just so generic and, and like, <laughs> We've obvious. also got a great little logo with it as well, this little robot guy who's got who looks like robot from a 60s sci-fi show i think it should be a squirrel who finds a <laughs> little nut just type into your address bar nugget one it's already there all right let me see here nugget one that we're gonna resolve come on nugget one i think it's the first time i've ever been to a dot one domain it's taking forever man what's the deal okay nugget <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's a cute robot. Although I think you got to have something like 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 a like a, um, a shell, like a nut. I think like a squirrel finding a nut. <laughs> it's already done, man. That's the branding. Uh, <laughs> one one, uh, one thing that we're do- one thing that we're we're doing and we're making a real effort is to not spend more than like a, just a few minutes on any part of it. So mm. basically. <laughs> I get one. <laughs> Clearly. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, so when are you launching? That's well, it's already launched. You can go to the Oh nugget, yeah, so nugget, I can type one, in my email address. Type in your email address and you're gonna be on the waiting list and then we'll let you know um about you know subscribing for real, but we'll also send you a couple of free nuggets. Yeah, well that's what I'm saying. When is that gonna be? 
I think probably by the end of uh, this week. Really? Yep. Send me my send my first nugget for free. All right. We'll see if I get a nugget or not. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so that's Very that's cute. that. Um, Very cute. Thanks. So I got some. Go on. So it. on the health front, you uh-huh. might find this. Just, I know you like the health stuff. Yeah. So about two years ago, two and a half years ago, maybe, um, I started noticing that my um, my to- my toes were kind of tingly. Like I was sort of losing. They were like getting kind of numb, you know, and sensation. That Does sounds that dangerous. Yeah, and I, but you know, I went to. I, it, it turned out I had. You didn't really notice it, but because I wear I wear sandals most of the time, so you just think ah, it's just because I'm wearing sandals, mm. you know. And I'm out in the elements, you know. Whatever my there's my my toes are not being, you know, protected <laughs> from the harsh winds of Southern California. <laughs> and that's why they tingle. No, no, I'm just thinking. <laughs> I you know I was just didn't think much about it, you know, because um, you don't really notice it. You just so your feet were just getting number just, every well, day, the, and you just weren't thinking about well, it. Well, no, no, it was just very gradual. It was just very. It wasn't that much. It was just like the end of some of my toes were kind of n- just numbing. the end of your toes like, were like, becoming fall, numb. Almost like that feeling they're falling asleep a little bit. Falling asleep, right? Yeah. And so, well, I went and I and I went to a uh, and I was doing a checkup. I hadn't had a checkup in like fifteen years or something. Yeah. You know? So I went and you know I said, "Am I pre-diabetic? Is this like a pre-diabetic thing?" Because I, I went on the web looking for things and that could be a sign of diabetes. And I was like, "Is it gout? Is it?" So he tested me for a bunch of stuff beyond the normal stuff. He's like, "No, no, it's none of that stuff. You're fine." He's like, "Sometimes it's just genetic. You know, you get a, it's called you know." I was like, "Okay." And so fast forward to more recently, and I started noticing it's just been getting worse. And it's cover, it started coming back on more into my feet, more than just my toes, like the bottom of my feet up toward my heel, kind of the bottoms. You yeah. Know? You know, numb, a little bit of, um, you know, tingling, kind of sharp, kind of a little bit hot, kind of, kind of painful. Some people on the, on the web would call it like hot, you get like burning feet, you know? Yeah. And it's, so I started doing, so yes, so plantar fasciitis no it's not plantar fasciitis because i have that and i wear inserts that prevent that because of high arches um so i you know i this was what um a few days ago i was actually um a whole other thing i I, my i injured my back and so i couldn't go work out so it's all right well i'm gonna do something productive while i'm lying here in bed because i'm not gonna go to the gym and i'm wondering what the heck is going on and I, and I reacquainted myself with a condition called uh, per- peripheral neuropathy. And a lot of diabetics get it. It's very mm-hmm. common in diabetics. Yeah. It can be your feet, your hands, it can go up your feet. You people, it, can get, it gets progressively worse, tends to get progressively worse. You just really, you, it starts with like a little bit of numbness and tingling, but it can be carrying a sharpness. But do you hot. have it? Well, yeah, I have the symptoms of it, peripheral neuropathy. And so then, but it can get so bad that like go up to your legs, people with, like in wheelchairs, you can't use your hands very well. You can't, you know, it's, it get really bad over, but it, get, it might progress over years and years, right? Does this story have a happy ending? Yeah, well, we'll, we'll see. I'll tell you. So. <laughs> <laughs> you got to watch the, you got to watch the movie. <laughs> so, so I, I started, so I'm searching on the web and I'm like, okay, well, what is this? Oh, it's, oh, here, um, peripheral neuropathy i'm like yeah that's definitely what it is i mean i know i can tell that's what it is and because my i went to the doctor and he's just kind of shrugged like uh you know he didn't know he's like i don't think it's a big deal 
but I don't worry about it. But I'm just like, this is getting my heel. And then I start reading, you know, stuff and I talk about how it can be, you know, and not just, it's not just like forums, but this is like, you know, WebMD kind of Mayo mm, Clinic. Yeah. Like, you know, it's going to get progressively worse and there's nothing you can do about it. And it's like a degradation in the myelin sheath around your nerves. And I was like, God, so I was like, get kind of a little depressed about it. I was like, man, is this going to be a thing when I'm in my 50s? I'm going to be hobbling around or something? Or my hands going to be able to type very well anymore? I mean, what, how bad is this going to be? And, um, and somebody, and so then I started, you know, kind of reading, then I started reading some of the comments and some of the forums, people, you know, just searching for it, you know, you know, peripheral neuropathy, peripheral neuropathy. And somebody says, you know, it can be caused by, you know, and there's a long list of things that can be caused by diabetes or this or that, or these kind of disease or colitis or whatever. And one of them was a B12 deficiency. And I, I, I don't have diabetes. I don't have these things. I'm like a B12 deficiency. So I, and I, sure enough, I started doing some research and sure enough on some of these sites on peripheral neuropathy can be caused by a B12 deficiency. I'm like, why would I potentially have a B12 deficiency? So I do, and I start searching on that and turns out if you've been using a, what's called a proton pump inhibitor, like um, Prilosec or any of these like uh, anti, these acid reflux thing, over-the-counter acid reflux uh, medications for longer than what they can have, like a four weeks is like considered long-term use or something, you can end up not having a B12 deficiency because the B12, it, which mostly comes off of meat, like a lot of vegetarians and vegans have it because it only comes off of meat. You can't get it off of anything else. Mm. So they, that's why a lot of vegans and vegetarians can have these symptoms. That's what they say. If you're, you're you know, take supplements or these other things. So... Because, but if you have a, if you're doing a, if you have, if you're on a proton pump inhibitor, you don't have any. It basically inhibits the uh, the release of a certain enzyme, which causes the lactate. I mean, not the the stomach acid from forming in your stomach. And when you don't have your stomach acid in your stomach, then you're not going to have acid reflux. There's no acid to come up your esophagus. Hmm. And the reason reason I was on it is like if you have chronic acid reflux, it can start eating away at your esophagus. Can start changing it into stomach cells. Uh, you can get stomach cancer or cancer of the esophagus. So it's kind of bad to have that long term. And so, oh, geez, you hear my girls yeah. singing in the room? We're going to have to... <laughs> Do you think that's affecting the uh, It's fine. I don't think people will mind. Okay. It'll, be, it'll be in the background. Very. <laughs> okay. So, um, but if you don't have any stomach acid, then you can't take... You cannot pull the B12. or and some, of the, and some of the milk, B, right? And some of the B the vitamins meat. off of the meat. Yeah. So I was just like, oh, that crap. makes sense. Yeah. I've been on, and it's like long term use was like, you know, four weeks or, you know, eight, six weeks or something like that. I've been on it for 10 years. I've been taking Prilosec every day for 10 years. Wow. I was like, uh, I guess that would make sense. <laughs> yeah. I probably am B12 deficient. Because at first I was like, man, I had to go see a doctor and see what's going on. And, so then I did a little research and I started, okay, then I started peripheral neuropathy, B12 deficiency, PPI, or proton pump inhibitor. And, you know, there's an there article uh, recently, uh, a journal article in the Journal of Neuroplasticity where they, they, had, um, they had one case study where the, the, the patient presents, been on proton pump inhibitor for a few years, for around the same amount of time as he started experiencing um, peripheral neuropathy progressively in his feet. It's been getting worse. So what they did 
is they put them on a B12, B complex pill, two pills a day for into two weeks later, symptoms were, um, with total cessation of symptoms. Now I've been in like a lot of the comment sections and people said, well, I've been on B12 or this, I've taken B12 injections and this, and it's, it, it had taken time, six, 12, eight months, you know? So I'm like, I was kind of prepared for that. But, um, so I went down to the vitamin shop and I got literally like the exact same vitamin because they listed all the, the, the complex consisted of them. It was like, that's the exact one. So I said, I'm, I'm going to, at first I was like, you know, I'm going to go off the proton pump inhibitor. I'm going to do this. And I said, you know, I'm going to limit, I'm not going to do anything else other than what they said they did. Hmm. And it just is complex. See what it does for two weeks, just for starters. And I started to feel a difference like in the same day. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm texting Phil. Phil's like in Chicago. So I'm texting him and I'm like, I'm very skeptical. I'm assuming this is my imagination because I probably want it to work, you know, because it can't possibly work this fast. Right. <coughs> right. You know, I mean this, and he's like, Phil's made a good point. He's like, well, actually when people have vitamin deficiencies and they have things like scurvy or whatever, like they tend to the body recovers really quickly once that deficiency is, yeah, is fixed. And, uh, so, but sure enough, like the last few days, so it's the third day, and I feel like it's at least half better. That's crazy. That's great. Yeah. But that's that's it great. Feels, it may be even better than that, but I'm trying to be conservative. But it's amazing. There's a couple of things that I really like about that. Um, first of all, the way that you described the research is something that is feels really familiar to me. And um, because I have like various different things mm -hmm. going on. And Georgia thinks I'm a hypochondriac. But I know that I'm not. Like, I just know that this stuff is happening to me, and I kind of Google it and research it and find interesting possibilities. But what you found, that was really good. That sounds like you've had more success <laughs> on your one try than I've had on the, you know, Well, we'll the see. Yeah, well, we'll see. I'm, I'm kind of, I don't want to get ahead of myself. I'm, I think it's, I, I don't think I'm fooling myself. I think, because, you know, sometimes you're like, yeah, is it feel different or am I just making this up? You know, like, I can't, you know, I keep trying to, but I mean, it's, sure enough, there are no, there's no tingling. It still feels... A little, little bit numb, but much less numb, and it's not tingling anymore, which mm -hmm. is a big difference. And um, so, the original article was something was like it was one of these sites that put the red flags up for me because it was like a, it was like a. Let me see what it was. I'm going to the site. It was something well, like I, a, I know the kind of thing that you're talking about. Natural so healing communities, kind of thing. It's natural labor, but. But the thing is, I'm very skeptical. A of lot of people, I, but that, that's that's the second thing that I'm happy about on this, is that you, who is such a skeptical person about this, I'm really glad if you get a good experience because hopefully it'll open your open your mind up to other things well, that sometimes I've been saying to you and you've been like, I don't want to hear about it. That's bullshit, and I'm not interested. Okay, um, so here, let me see if I could find. Uh, oh, you know, well, so here's the thing. But then what I did is after I. Um, after I went and read about it, I went and I did some research. And at the University of Chicago, which is one of the top medical research centers in the country, the University of Chicago Neural uh, Peripheral Neuropathy Center there, yeah. they actually confirmed all this. There, there's a whole website that basically maps every one of these, these kind of natural, these kind of things you're talking about and maps it to um, evidence-based medicine. So yeah. every kind of like you know, hippy dippy 
you know, let's say it's rosehip, you know, drinking rosehip tea, whatever. Right. They will find all the studies, the actual scientific studies that that had been in, involved in and how it had helped and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, so here, here's the thing. I mean, I think, I think you have to have a certain amount of skepticism when it doesn't come from medical research because this stuff may work, it may not, but there's no real research to back it up, right? Um, and a lot of times this stuff is not harmful. It's a vitamin, it's an herb, it's a whatever, it's a type of food. But so you can try it or it may or may not work. It doesn't mean it doesn't work, but right, it's not really exactly. sure as well. But you can't just But sometimes like, it's just people pioneering and, and there just hasn't been a chance for there to be any that's research. Right. You know? That's right. So oh, it's, here's what it's called. It was called, the site was NDR ndnr.com um, is called Naturopathic Doctor News and Review. And the study was neuropathy and long-term PPI use, a case study. So um, anyway, but the, the, but the article they're referencing was in um, the uh, JAMA, which, uh, which is anyway, oh, Journal of Neuroplasticity, which is a, you right. know, so they're taking scientific uh, you know, a, a scientific journal article and, and writing an article about that, which brought it to my attention. Yeah. So it was all scientific evidence. But, you know, yeah, I mean, look, so I've definitely learned a lesson about medication. So I went to see this gastroenterologist or whatever the guy was 10 years ago. And he, you know, and I had, I said, look, I have this sort of chronic, you know, gastric, uh, you know, acid reflux has been happening. You know, it's been happening like a few months and I've started reading that it's like can be kind of damaging to your esophagus. And he said, oh, you can take Prilosec. It's over the counter. And I was like, it's safe. He's like, look, you know, the only thing we have is that older women can have, it can give them a higher incidence of osteoporosis. But I don't think just, you know, as long as you're drinking milk and getting enough vitamin D, you're fine. And so I was okay. But think, that was in 2006, right? That's what they knew in 2006, and it wasn't until these, I think this stuff had not really, they're, they're starting to get more of this evidence. But I'd be interested to know if you went back to the same doctor and say, hey, what are the side effects? What would he say well, now? Well, he might, he, he might say, yeah, we didn't know that. Oh, no, but would he, would he say anything about it? He still wouldn't know it, I bet you. I don't know. I mean, but the thing is, is that the, the, the reality is that information changes. Obviously, because Sandy has been very against this all along. She hates the fact that I take this. He's like, but I thought she, that when you when you went off coffee, it really helped. Well, I did. So when I was really aggressive, when I was doing Operation Superhero and I had a really tight diet, I mean, it wasn't coffee, it turns out. It was uh, the orange juice, the acidity from the orange juice. If I had less than four ounces, I was fine. But if I went anything over four ounces, I started to feel it. I mean, things that cause it, tomato sauce are, is really acidic. Coffee can be acidic, but the, but like... Orange juice and grapefruit juice are just like off the I don't charts. understand why you take it, why you don't just go off the things that cause it. Well, because a huge number of things that I like, spicy food, so what, can't eat Mexican food, I can't have pizza anymore, I can't have uh, anything with tomato sauce in it, I can't have orange juice, I can't have chocolate or coffee. Jesus Christ, man, I can't have anything that I like. You know? I mean, it's like, what I can do, though, I mean, it's just not realistic. What I can do, though, is limit those things down. You know? I mean, um... And then maybe I'll just take one like, so, you know, all in the whole Operation Super Theory, I'm going to get back on that starting Monday. Monday, I'm back on it. So by doing that, my diet, I'm going to get my diet more in check. And therefore, I only have like one cheat day on Sunday. So maybe I would just take it like on a Saturday night or something. I was reading about this, um, the condition, the acid reflux condition. And 
<clears throat> they said in the in the thing that I was reading, they said one of the biggest things is a belt or a tight belt that basically means that it's kind of contracting the stomach in, which then keeps the stuff up. I think if you're, if you're overweight, maybe I don't know. But I don't know. I, I read that too. I mean, some of those things are kind of like, eh, you know. Don't eat late. Don't lie down after you get a big meal or if yeah, you like meal. Yeah, like go to sleep slightly sitting up. All these sort of things. I mean, it's not like they've had a huge... I mean, they've had a huge number of things people complain about. Some things are more like fatty foods, like going to get ice cream. Or, yeah. you know, like like one of the worst things that I've noticed that I could eat was like pepperoni pizza. Oh, yeah. Because it's fatty <laughs> with the cheese and the, um, and the pepperoni. Because you have a lot of fat, and the reason the fat is bad is because it stays in your stomach longer, so it has more uh, opportunity for the for the acid to collect. Is that stomach acid? Yeah, yeah. It has the acidity of the um, tomato sauce, and um, there was something else I'm forgetting about. But yeah, it was just it was like so if I I could have like two small slices, and I might be okay if I had that third, it tipped me over. So you have to be careful. You're kind of right on the edge, you know. But I've noticed, too, like, if I get too unrealistic about my diet, I just can't stick to it, you know. Like, you'll occasionally go on these, like, crazy diets. I'm like, you know, for, you know, sometimes you'll last three or four or five weeks, and I'm like, I have no idea how you can do that. Like, it's just, I just, there's no way I can sustain that. So I don't even try. <laughs> like, this is not realistic. I'm not going to, like, I'm not going to have coffee anymore. I'm not going to have orange juice ever again. I'm not going to have chocolate ever I mean, come on. Texting, ladies and gentlemen, the tech, 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 tech talk show (laughs) (laughs) but before we switch topics i'm gonna just say one thing so you know so sandy of course has been on a jihad against me having taking that you know the prilosec or whatever for the Mm -hmm. past 10 years and uh she's also incidentally uh on a jihad about me drinking diet coke (laughs) yeah or diet soda of any kind she just hates hates that stuff she actually there's actually was like a minor intervention she actually sat down and was trying to talk me out i'm like come on like i don't even drink alcohol i don't smoke i don't drugs i drink diet coke at lunch like that's my big sin <laughs> you know and she's just but anyway in the same article the uh, the, the journal of neuroplasticity they 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 you have to they talk about how to um wean off of the proton pump inhibitor that you can't just go right off it because you can have like a, a, a rebound where the acid is way worse. So you have to mm. kind of like gradually get off. So they have a kind of a um, four week protocol. Nice. So I think I might try and do that and try and just get my diet just a little, little bit. Uh, I, I really, I recommend it. Yeah. But it was just, it's the thing is like you can take medication and it worked, but they, you know, most medications have side effects and sometimes the side effects, even if it's like over the counter and, you know, they didn't really realize what the side effects are until decades later. Well, yeah. So I just, of course, ran head first into that. So we'll see. But anyway, I, I'll, I'll update the next show. We'll see if, if, it, if I have a total cessation, if I get to- feeling back in my toes you know, or if it's not. Because there are some people say you can't, you can have permanent nerve damage yeah. if it gets bad enough or long enough. In some cases, it seems like it if not it may be fine it may um resolve itself or whatever but so how can i how can i segue from food and medicine back to tech back however to tech? you want oh i actually i think i have the perfect story that okay. segues exactly from those topics okay. to technology go ahead 
The world's biggest indoor vertical farm near NYC uses 95% less water. Did you see this, uh, this article? So, Go on. so basically, um, it's, it's, a, it's a completely indoor farm, like in the middle of, in the middle of New York or okay. uh, near New York. Okay. And they've built it up. So basically, it's just this completely technology-based farming system where all of the farming is in this kind of stacked system. So basically, they, they stack these trays like from the floor about this, you know, about, I don't know, like half a foot apart all the way to the ceiling. And they're producing, they're producing 2 million pounds of food a year in this farm, all through like through kind of taking a technology approach to it. Wow. So, um, so the way that rather than watering plants, are you, wait, you're backgrounding me. I'm, I'm just turning the, the ringer off. Okay. I won't see it, so I want my text won't interrupt you. All right, no worries. Um, so, interrupting you. I'm backgrounding you so I don't interrupt, so you're not being interrupted. <laughs> okay. So rather than watering, what they've done, what they're doing is this thing uh, termed aeroponics. Have you ever heard of it? Uh, no. Aeroponics? Aeroponics rather than hydroponics. Hydroponics, right. Hydroponics. So aeroponics. So basically, it's where, the, it's where the atmosphere is the air, the water, and the food. Does so, it contain? It's just... No, no, no. Like it, in, the, in the air... In the air, that's also the water and the food. So basically, it's like it's like you're in a mist. So it's like the whole thing. It's like everything is just particles floating around in the air, okay, accessible to all of the plants. And so, so that so one one of the big tricks that they're doing is they just convert the food and the water into this really fine mist that's just available. So you know, kind of vitamins for plants, kind of thing. Well, but don't vitamin. Well, these plants have to get stuff out of the soil. How do they get stuff out of the air? I don't know. Don't I mean, ask how do you, me. It's like how, like how would you get? I mean, like I could put vitamins in the air, as you say, and but, you're not going to absorb the vitamins. Clearly, you clearly, know? plants are better at that than humans. <laughs> anyway, that's one. That's one part of the, of the success of this. Okay. And the other part is that um, the they've kind of found a frequency of of light that is some like ten times more efficient than the sun, and it's it uses barely any power to like. All right, is this? Is this like from a legitimate source? Yeah, completely. This isn't like some like it's completely nature legit. news. No, like no, no, no. <laughs> hippie farm in Oregon has has a would free you, have a free energy farm or something. Would you else? seriously disparage WebUrbanist.com? Yeah. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> WebUrbanist. <laughs> so basically, low energy, low, um, low energy, which is a perfect spectrum lighting, better better for photosynthesis than the sun. So it's like this kind of slightly you know, infraredish type of light. Like I said. All right, well, send it to me. I mean, yeah. you know, who knows? Maybe I'll it works. Think, but to me, it looks like, I mean, it, it looks, it even looks like it's on a spaceship. It looks like this is how farms are going to work on a spaceship. What kind of food are they producing? Just, just, uh, yeah, like a like, particular tomato, le- you know, lettuce, carrots, you know, that kind of but stuff. It, but they, do they list it or they, do they even say the kind? They, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't remember that. I don't recall that information, <laughs> but I do. One thing I do know is that, Part of the way, part of the reason why it works so well is that they grow lots of different types of vegetables in the same place. So there'll be like ten trays of like one thing, and then another ten trays of another thing. And um, I'm not sure why that. And makes it's it. vertical, I imagine. So it's it vertical, takes a yeah. lot less space, right? Let me just uh, give you a little picture of this here a second. All right, he, he's, ladies but, and gentlemen, Justin is typing into his computer and smiling. He's dissipating the. Oh, you know, it looks like a server farm. <laughs> yeah, it does. It looks like a massive, like a massive <laughs> server farm they showed in Silicon Valley, the TV show. Look at that. Wait, is that real? Or is that a rendering? That oh, that's one. a rendering. Yeah, that's not a real. Why don't they have a real picture? I don't know. 
Come on. Is that a picture? These are all just renderings. I want to... Well, there's a picture. Like of one stack. It's kind of cool. I mean, it's cool if it's real. Web urbanist. Anyway, okay. at least I managed to segue back to tech. But I've got another thing to take us out of tech now. So let me just... That, that wasn't <laughs> We're in, long. now we're out. Okay. Okay. Free money. No thank you, says Swiss voters. Did you hear that one? Yeah, yeah. They voted against basic income. 78% of, the Swiss, of Swiss people said, I don't want two and a half thousand dollars free every month. How dare those socialists turn down more socialism? Isn't that funny? No. So, and, and the, 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 I think that's, the number, I mean, it's, it's fun. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, I guess I would expect that a higher number would want it, but I, I just 22, yeah, just 22% wanted it. So, but the, the number one reason that they didn't do it, mm -hmm. do you know what that is? No. Which is, it's interesting. Fear is the number one reason they didn't fear do of it. Fear what? Fear of other people wanting to come and live in their country. That's probably part of it. Yeah. Because well, the EU, you know, you have this sort of the that sort of ability for people to kind of move. Well, I don't think Swiss is part of it. Swiss is part. Of the it's EU. not part of that. I don't, I'm not sure, but well, if they have borders and if they yeah. have, if they have border control and. But it's an, it's an interesting it's an interesting thought. So they were just like, we don't want migrants coming in here, you know, just having sitting free money their, sitting on their ass. Yeah. Well, you know, because it drains the economy. If you have a right. bunch of freeloaders, I mean, see, that's the problem with um, certain types of socialist practices is that you have the free rider problem you have a lot of people not doing shit because they can they get away with it i mean you like you did you were in your 20s you were just playing music and you weren't doing anything yeah yeah I was, I right mean, you were a free rider i was basically. you were the kind of people that other people get pissed off with you're an able-bodied young male and you're not doing shit that's true right? i was playing i was playing guitar and just having fun for at least exactly. for at least a year i yeah. personally do not want people taking money out of my checkbook and giving it to somebody who's not doing anything Ever. That would make me angry. <laughs> and I think a lot of people would feel that way. If you're working your butt off, like I get up, I go to work, I do stuff, and you're literally taking, I'm paying higher taxes, and you're putting, and you're giving it to people who aren't doing, aren't producing. That would piss me off. And I think a lot of people feel that way. Mm -hmm. You know? I mean, I know the a lot of the arguments are like, you know, like in the U.S. is like, well... We ha it would be it would be financially more efficient if there was some sort of basic income because then you have you get rid of disability and certain type of Medicare and Social Security and all these things that are more expensive and there's some arguments around those things but you know and look I was you can get really on the weeds on this stuff so I'm gonna try and get in the weeds on it but I will say this that when I when I read through a lot of the discussions on this on Hacker News and people say well, look my mother-in-law or my father is like injured and stuff and this would not nearly cover his medical bills and the stuff so he would still have to get disability and he would still have to get medical so the kind of thing is like it would be sold to you like oh they wouldn't have it would be cheaper but the reality is those people would still have to have a lot of that stuff because their medical bills and the stuff is really expensive you know one of the pro arguments was that um, like fifty percent of the people who who aren't earning are actually doing jobs to help people like you know they're doing caring kind of jobs like helping helping their parents at home or helping the homeless or different things like that where there's just helping no, the homeless I or just doubt. just help just helping people like people are, are being not paid but they're still helping people like they're caring for people they're care people in their family usually yeah. they're family caretakers right taking care of their either their kids or their grandparents or their parents who are yeah, older yeah, and ill yeah. yeah and that kind of stuff but you know so in other words, mums, mums would be being paid something. Right. Doesn't appeal to you? No. 
Freeloader. I'm a freeloading I'm, moms. Look, I'm not a big. I'm not. In, I'm not interested in big government. Big, uh, you know, high regulation, high lots of services. Because the more the government gives, the more it ha- takes, and the more it has to regulate. It's all part of the same. It's all. It's all part of the same thing. Now, the way politics works is people stand where they sit. So if you are in a situation where you would gain from something, you'll tend to be on that. So. You know, you could say, well, the reason that I don't like it is because I don't want to pay. I wouldn't get that money, but why would just be paying higher taxes for it, right? Yeah. Other people who would say they want that is because maybe they don't make a lot of money or, they, or, they make, or they're, they're worried that they won't make as much money in the future or their husband or wife doesn't make as much money and they would tend to gay for And then you'll see across the spectrum that most people, it's kind of like for any... <laughs> of these government policies, it kind of depends on they, whether they're going to gain or lose personally from it. There's a small percentage of people who just vote for things, and I don't know, not 1%, but you know, maybe it was 10% of the people or whatever who believe in things because they're not directly impacted on it, but they they wouldn't gain or lose from it, but they just feel It's funny feel that it keeps coming up, though. Like, So this it obviously came up in Switzerland. Although the one thing that's crazy about Switzerland, this is nuts, is it just takes 100,000 people to sign a petition, and then it's up for referendum. Like anything can come into law that way. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Could you imagine if that was like that in America? Or a- well, it's, it, you know, we've seen that. Ha- like they they put these um, ballots on the in California, and it turns out to be bad a lot of time because what happens is everybody gets fooled by all kind of the, all the crazy advertising behind yeah, it. Yeah, the advertising. And yeah. you vote for something, and it and the way it's named, it's described, and the way it's sold is the opposite. You don't even know about it, but because you know. Even someone like myself who I would say, ah, you know, I'm pretty well formed, I'm educated, I should uh, be the kind of person that would be able to benefit from this because I could really, I could vote on it myself, right? The yeah. reality is, I don't spend the time researching it. I'm curious. Every time, every time it's happened, Sandy's like, oh, we got to go vote tomorrow. Have you read the thing? And she hands me the booklet and I kind of page through and read a paragraph about each thing if I'm particularly motivated. In I'm general, curious, not. Like, where do you stand on, because I know this did come up in California, I'm curious, where do you stand on GMO? Do you care, one way or another, whether food is gene- genetically modified? I, I stand one of those things that I think is an issue. I think that, you know, food has been genetically modified for you, whether it's through breeding or whatever. It's just a more efficient way to but manipulate But it is food. slightly different than, I mean, you could, they could literally put like new gene combinations that it's not possible to do through breeding. Isn't that... I don't know. Does, it doesn't worry it, me. It's not something that even I, based on what, no, the health thing you just said. I mean, look, I you know here's the thing. The reason they don't want it on there is because it's 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 just like the um, you know the um, the labeling. The, he, the getting he's, he's, getting shots and that causes autism. Like yeah, it's unscientific. The fear and doubt, the fud, fear, uncertainty, and doubt has been spread about getting the um, God. What are they called? The when you get the vaccination. Yeah, vaccinations. They're gonna give my kid autism. But there was testing. But, but there's been there's been no evidence to show that 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 it that, that that's wait, real. Wait. But listen, so everybody. But oh, hold on a second. There there was testing with with uh, it, vaccinations. I mean that's that goes through medical trials. There's no medical trials for genetically oh, well, let, modified let me, food. Let me, let me show you. So, but it doesn't matter where the truth is. People are already worried about it, right? And so now you have this, this public health problem. We have all these people who are fearful of things. For, for for the wrong reasons and now you now it's a problem same thing it's like hey we have a better way that we can grow tomatoes we can grow more of them they can be more resistance to uh different types of um, parasites or this or that we can fortify it with more vitamins but 
because of the internet and because of FUD, we have this huge percentage of people who don't want to eat these things and are protesting against them. And it's just, and it's just costing well, no, us they, the ability to drink more but food. But all, all the vote was was to just say label something. Yeah, but I'm so saying, I look, I'm not, a, I'm not against more <laughs> labeling. More it's just labeling. I'm not. No, I'm not against. They're not saying change it. I'm not against labeling. Yeah, I'm just saying, but I'm not worried about GMOs. Yeah, okay. Of right. the list of things that I worried about, it wouldn't make the top thousand. Yeah, right. Whereas you've talked about like your mom is one of the things that she's very concerned about. Right? Oh yeah, she's pretty. That's concerned like her about number that. one thing. I, that would put me as maybe one. You know, where do you stand on? Um, just just this whole new avenue of discussion. Where do you stand on Monsanto? Like you know, patenting, patenting, gene, patenting genes. Well, patenting we say in the UK, and I, I, can, I can legitimately patenting. say it because I'm English. English. <laughs> okay. We're so, patenting. <laughs> Monsanto patent genes, and then farmers put them in their field, and then the wind blows blows the spores and cross fertilizers with the field next door, and then they can basically go and sue the guy in the field next door. Yeah. So I have a feeling this is kind of a complicated issue that it'd be one thing that you could easily boil it down into like a one anecdotal case, which may not be very, very illustrative and could be misreported um, a little bit. Right. I don't know about, I've, I've, I've heard this story before. Yeah. Um, on the one hand, you have to allow, you have to give companies the incentive to research thing, to do research and things like this so they can get a return on their investment. Otherwise, if they can't make a return on the investment, they're not going to research things that might actually be to the advantage of, you know, our nation, the world in general, right? Having, you know, researching genes for drugs or for food or whatever. So if you just say, well, you can't patent anything, they're gonna be like, well, this is gonna cost us $400 million to bring to market. So if we can't patent it, we're gonna have too many free riders. We're gonna have all these um, com other companies in the US and overseas are just gonna just, they're gonna basically look at our genes or reverse engineer it and you know, it's stupid for us to do it. It would be irrational for us to pursue this. So as but, but, gover governments need to create a certain level of protection for that kind of stuff. However, when it comes to patenting genes and stuff, it could be a more complex issue. And I know there's, there's a lot of scientists who believe that it's wrong to do that for other reasons, but I think it's probably, a, it's one of these things that's very nuanced. Like you, you want to capture, you want to, you want to create an environment that incentivizes investment dollars to go into this basic research and allows them to recoup their investment. Otherwise, it's not going to happen. On the second hand, you want to be careful about allowing com um, companies to patent things that would be detrimental to be ha through a large number of people to have them patented, especially for a long period of time. But I'm not an expert in this. I haven't read this in a long time. I've read I've read articles about this over the years and stuff. But I I, I think it's probably nuanced. Doesn't Elon Musk has the opinion that you just don't patent stuff? You just don't tell anyone about it because once it's patented, then it's explained, and then people just slightly slightly tweak it, and they they just basically build on your patent. You know. Well, yeah. I mean, there the but it, there might be the situation where certain things are easier to do that with another. So like, it's probably easier to not patent your uh, rocket engine design because who the hell is going to have access to your rocket engine? Yeah, right. But if you're patenting a seed and, uh, you know, any anyone who has a laboratory, a high school laboratory could go in and, you know, and, uh, you know, find out what the genetic so, makeup so is of that. it doesn't bother you, for example, that in the seeds they do things like use, you know, parts of, like, I don't know, 
bees or something like no, that. No, I'm like, not. That stuff doesn't freak me out. I'm like, I know there's a lot of worry about all this stuff, like playing God with nature, but I'm not worried about that stuff. Okay. In fact, a lot of our science fiction is built around the Icarus myth, which is like they, we flew to you playing God or flying too close to the sun and you get, you get batted down, right? Like there's a huge number of, I mean, that's like a, you know, the sort of template for a whole category of science fiction. Yeah. I think you should have a whole other one which says, okay, we have everybody all worry warding about this stuff <laughs> and oh, and hand wringing and oh my God. And then the world is literally going to create major problems. But somebody says, you know what? I know you guys are worried, but we're going to do this anyway. And by that way, we're going to save hundred million lives because we're not going to be idiots about this. We're not going to be, we're not going to be hampered by fear and what was, well, this is the way nature intended. And this is like, nature doesn't intend anything. We are a result of billions or hundreds of millions or billion well, years of evolution. There's not an intention. There is I'm of the opinion that anything, I mean, we are part of nature. Like, yeah. and so when we start messing around in a sense, it's nature messing around because we're nature. We're nature just as much as nature's nature. Yeah. So. I'm, you know, I'm much more about, I'm, I, I don't worry about those things. Like the whole, I mean, you know, um, you know, there's this new project called the Human Genome Project, right? Where they're, mm -hmm. they're going to start trying to create an, a synthetic human genome for different types of research and stuff. And I think all these kind of things are going to help us cure diseases of different kinds and ailments. And, you know, you know, the idea that we're going to, Oh my God! It's going to be this Gattaca thing, or this two. Where do you stand I mean, on that? On 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 the morality of being able to like order a child, like with whatever you want. You know, he's going to have this IQ. He's going to have these eye colors. He's going to have. Uh, the, I don't have a problem with it. You know, I mean, to a certain degree, to a certain level, you can do it. You can do it already by choosing your mate. You right. know, I mean, IQ is eighty-five percent her heritable. You know, as much as people like to say, "Oh, IQ is." Like, I was this ridiculous comment on Hacker News. The guy goes, I believe IQ is 100% nurturous. Like, it was this whole thing. It's like, had not, he, like, he had no, he was completely ill-informed, but it was like this politically correct thing. I'll just say that any, it all comes down to nurture. It's been proven in twin studies that it's 85% heritable. It's once you reach adulthood, 80 or 85%. Was it, wasn't there also a study, I don't know if we spoke about this already, that, that basically proved that traits were inheritable as well? A lot of them are. Yeah, yeah. like trait and and the way that and it wasn't through the DNA; it was through the the stuff around the DNA. Like, oh, like the, the, yeah. they did that in the fruit fly study or something like that. I don't know. I mean, <coughs> I mean, look, I'm not um, I'm not a warrior about science and technology mm. causing problems. I'm you know I I think they I think we solve way more problems than we create. We may temporarily put ourselves in situations like nuclear weapons where like we could have potentially to really screw ourselves. But I think in the end, the way you push humanity forward, the way you make lives better for more people, it's through the advances in science technology as a rule. I think there are exceptions where you can make, you need to be careful of certain things, but yeah, I don't worry about it. Harvard scientist engineers bacterium that inhales CO2 and excretes uh, like energy. Yeah, well, example. if you're really worried about you know messing with the genetics of nature, you wouldn't be able to do that stuff. Right. Right? <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, we could go back to the Stone Age and not mess with nature at all, not mess with, you know, technology at all. And, you know, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I just think, I think people are, you know, as humans, we're, we're, we fear what we don't know. We fear what's new. We fear what's different. And, you know, I think, you know, in the end, I mean, in general, 
it's most things are better for most people most of the time as technology and science group not for all people at all times you know but and no, i think that's how you have to think about it all right well um i got a couple more things yeah let's, can... let's go through some of yours i've got i've got some more but uh it'd be great to go through some of yours so um let's see here we go so <laughs> i have been going on this unsubscribe all phase where i'm just <laughs> okay. if i get any kind of an email from anybody unsubscribe all right because i've just got you know it's funny sandy i i noticed that it were just like i like having an empty inbox is it my inbox to a certain degree is like my second to-do list or even my first to-do list <laughs> right if there's anything in my inbox it's something i have to do because otherwise i would have responded or i would have deleted it so i gotta do something there's something i gotta read or i gotta comment on or i gotta you know whatever and so i hate it i hate to do items in my inbox that's why when you sent me a 20 minute oh watch this 20 minute video i'm like damn it i know <laughs> well i sent a, t a tldr i, I yeah a TLDR. I, didn't see it. I just i just reacted because i just like <laughs> i hate you know like i don't want to so and i know you just meant it the best way i'm just saying you got caught up in my like yeah Duh. you know and i talked to sandy about that and i said i asked her i go you i mentioned i was doing it she's like yeah i did that too and she's like because every time i get an an email would like beep on her phone and it just causes she's like it just causes me anxiety she's like it just it's like what do i gotta do now and i was like yeah that's the way i felt like too i was like i was getting the like i was like i had signed some petitions online about you know overturning citizens united or hmm. voting against the tpp and now i just get just crushed with these like you know, call to action, political emails. Mm. And I'm just like, you know, it's been like going for like a year. I'm like, all right, that's it. You know, maybe I'm a bad person that I'm not like voting. I'm not assigning every position, position and petition. And I'm not putting money on this, but I just can't take anymore. So I just, just like unsubscribe for all this stuff. And then like things like inside, you know, Jason Calacanis is inside. Yeah. Like I was getting his launch ticker. Then I realized I'm like, I feel like it's a to-do item. Like I got to read this, but then I'm like, well, this startup got funded and this, this, like this startup got funded or did this like i don't care right. it doesn't impact it's not actionable in information for me ever and it's generally not that interesting it's better to just look at hacking news when you're interested in when i'm at, interested yeah and the same and then i start thinking with insight insight is more like general news you know like google news emailed to you in terms of little summaries yeah and i like the summary aspect of things but it feels like but i get it twice a day and every time i get it, it feels like a to-do thing it interrupts me because I want to get it off my out of my inbox and I got to go through. And then I realize 90% of the stories I don't care about. 20 people died in a plane crash in, you know, Mali. And there was a protest in Spain about, like, okay. Like, it doesn't affect me. It's not that interesting, you know. So I've, as a, I unsubscribe for that. But the only one that I didn't was the, there was one, it was like, it was like the Tesla SpaceX, like the Elon Musk email. I'm mm -hmm. like, I find this stuff interested. Anything about Tesla, SpaceX, uh, Hyperloop, I'm in. <laughs> like, that's like a that's like a 90% hit rate on interest for me. So that's like the only one. But I've just been unsubscribing for everything else. That's really interesting. I've got, you know, I'm the exact opposite. We've, we've kind of mentioned that before. Like, I do not have Inbox Zero. I have Inbox Infinity, right? Yes, right. And um, it's the exact opposite for me. Whenever anything comes in, I automatically ignore it unless it seems interesting and then I flag it as a to-do item. So basically, the only to-do items I have are the ones that I star. Everything else is just in the inbox infinity and I never look at it again. 
So that's that's the way I approach it. And yeah. I think I think that that deals with the issue that you're talking about. See, I yeah, I, I hate having stuff in, but I'm a lot more I'm a lot more OCD than you are about right. some certain things. Yeah. And so when it comes to that, I don't like the inbox. Um, well, because I think of my I think what you think of as your inbox, I think of as my starred items. Yeah. That's the difference. Yeah, yeah. So if I could see it, then I feel like I'm supposed to do something. And yeah. so Sandy's the same way. She has the infinite inbox thing. Um, you know, it's like, and then I noticed about the news, like so few things happen in the news that are actually that interest that are either interesting and or actionable in reality mm-hmm. to me. And I, I notice a lot of times I find myself reading stuff that I'm not that interested in. I'm like 40% interested in. That I'm right. kind of like, and then I'm slogging through it because I gotta feel like I gotta read it, you know. But it's like I'm slogging, <laughs> like I don't really give a damn, you know. Like why am I reading this? You know, it's like this ten-page article on the Atlantic about something. Like why, you know, am I doing this? I'm just suffering, you know. I would have thought that you'd, have, you of all people, seem like you would you would have the kind of foresight to not read an article that you were. Well, you get started on it. In- well, you get started on it, you know, and then you feel like I started, I got to finish it, kind of thing. I eat everything off my plate, kind of mentality. I have a little, I have a little bit of the. See, I saw it, once again, everything. I'm the exact opposite to you. I never finish any article I start, so I already know by the end of the first paragraph, I'm going to be finished. As soon I as may not make it to the end of the sentence. <laughs> <laughs> right well that's good but, and so, it has to really hook me in to get me to the second paragraph right like you better sell me guys because i'm already half foot out the door <laughs> you wow so you are an easy person to sell to i I'll, I'll i think people should know that jason is a very easy person to sell to like nah. if you just say something just get one sentence and he's gonna be i'm gonna read the whole thing yeah well not necessarily on on advertisements but anyway the i um Anyway, I'm out on all this stuff, and I feel much more relaxed. Yeah, not having a bunch of crap <laughs> in my inbox, you know, and not even being even if I'm going to delete it, just knowing that I have to delete it because there's a certain level of guilt, you know, like you know, and it's like but guilty to who that I didn't respond. Well, for, first of all, if anybody emails me personally, I obviously I'm one of those people that feel like I have to respond to everything. I almost never don't respond to somebody. If somebody emails me and say, hey, Jason, you know, I read your article, blah, 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 you know, some article five years ago, I want to know, blah, blah, I respond to it. I give them, you know, or, or whatever. Hey, that's, I think that's you know, Which is fine. But, you know, you get a certain amount of that and you're just like, oh, God, you know, it can it'd be, you know, it can take time. It's like, okay, I just, this person just took 15 minutes of my day. You know, I could have gotten work done. I could have been doing stuff now. 15 minutes of my day. I don't even know this person. I, they're never going to reply to me ever again. <laughs> okay. But I still, and I feel compelled to being a good person to give this person a thoughtful reply, but and because I'm OCD, I can't just write a one sentence thing. But don't you batch it? Don't you like what I've done in that position like that is to to batch it up into like categories. So when when I get like two or three over the years that are the same, then I'll just do a blog post, and then the next one comes in, I'll say, read the blog post. Man, anyway, I haven't written a blog post in like four years, so. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it would really work. And a blog post for me is like, you know, an art. I, I consider it more like articles. And it's like a Do you still use Google Plus? No, I haven't used that in a long time. Yeah. I, I don't mind it. But here's the problem with Google Plus is. You used I to get, love that. I did. You know, because it was thoughtful stuff. You know, it was kind of like, it was kind of a cross between Facebook and Twitter, where you would use Twitter to kind of, you would find content that was interesting to you, topically interesting to you. Right. 
but it was just short form stuff. But then in a sense, it's kind of a zoo, like nobody's listening. Everybody's yelling and nobody's listening. You know, it's just a bunch of like, blah, 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 you know, and, um, you know, in Facebook, of course, it's longer form, but it's all like personal stuff. I don't use, I don't use either of those, but Google I mean, plus was like, it's more longer form, but it was more of like a topical thing, more of a, an interest level thing. It wasn't per, I didn't know these people or vast, the, most of the people were on there weren't people that I knew personally. But it always felt like work. Like I have to, oh, I could write some clever two-paragraph thing on this, or you know, I'm trying to add value. But then it's just like a job. That's what Google Plus turned into. Yeah, it's like a job. <laughs> you know, it was. It felt like a job. It Did you feel like, guilty if you didn't if you didn't post it properly? Well, Sandy would walk in. She's like, "What are you doing?" And I'd be like, "I'm working by because she's coming 45 minutes later. I'm still working on it." She's like, "What are you doing?" And I was I'm like, oh, "Yeah, what am I doing? Good question. What the hell am I doing?" Because. It never. You have to. You. It must. It must suck to be you. Like, you. Your brain is so kind of obsessive. Like any new thing that comes into your life, you must have to really consider it, like massively. Like if a new social network appeared, like the new Twitter or the new Facebook, you. You'd have to ruminate on it for like three days. Like, am I going to get involved with this? Am I not going to get involved with this? Well, I no, I don't. I don't know if I've done that, but I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying. I just noticed that it was cause. It was. It was eating up my time. But there was no real return on it for me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I might get a few, you know, <laughs> oh, I got a bunch of people, a bunch of likes. I got some people reshared it. Oh, whoop, okay. And so it would never led to anything that it would impact my life other than that. Yeah. And it was a lot of work for what they call it. Back in the day, it's called but ego. Blo- but blogging did impact you. Like that did, did impact your life, didn't it? Blogging. I'm trying to think. I don't know if anything led to anything. What? All the people who've contacted you about algorithmic trading never led to anything i mean they did but it never impacted i mean it ne- i mean a lot of people wanted me to help them right hey could you help me do this could you help me do that i i guess you know one thing i guess i did one small consulting project for somebody one time i'm trying to think about it what I mean, about like, P- be pivot that, that that come out of that's nope so everything that you've done has just come out of your just personal network yep yep so the whole the whole lux surface area is just complete not it's just irrelevant. No, it's just no it's real life lux surface area. <laughs> okay. It's not it's not it doesn't it, the the virtual network has hasn't really ever done anything for me. I mean the articles that I've written the blog posts that I've written serve as anything the people I already know I could point them to something and they can hear some of my stories. <clears throat> you know, I could say oh here I wrote about that you can read that if you're interested. You know, and I don't have to tell the whole story. That's crazy because you've had so many like people reach out to you because of the blog stuff that you've done. Yeah. I'm and because of think. the show. And not, once again, nothing's come to you through the show, right? Yeah, nothing. Crazy. All the stuff, all the startups, you know, MV Code. I mean, everything else. So MV Code Club or Pivot or Mighty Hive or Uber or Digital Mint or. Yeah, they're all personal connections. Yeah. So me spending a lot of time doing any of that, in some ways, would be viewed as a waste of time. <coughs> Got it, it. It would only be useful in the sense of, as I said, demonstrations of work to people I do know or have met. I say, hey, you can read this if that want. And that, that's been a number of times they've been like, oh, yeah, I went back and read that stuff. That was really, you know, a great story. That was cool or whatever. But that's about it, you know. And But even that did make that big a difference because... It's it's just they, like a periphery, like just them getting to know you kind of thing. It's like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like somebody, 
think it was kind of situation where I'm being brought into some new situation and then someone says, they, sh- they say, oh, here's Jason's website. And then I go meet this other person. They go, oh, yeah, man, I read that article and the thing. It was cool. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's about it. So, is, so Unless I'm forgetting something. So do you think so. that that, like, are you now very wary about doing anything like that? Do you just feel like that's going to waste time, you know, to do any any kind of public exposure type stuff? Just don't need to. I just, so you just have, I mean, I, you know, okay, you, me, whatever. Like, would you, would you blog, for example, on Math Academy? Like, would you do a new blog post about Math Academy, about how you'd built it into a company one day or something like that? Would that be even remotely interesting to you or I, you know, I, I, I've thought about it, you know, I mean, obviously I have a lot, I, since I've written for I have a lot of things I could write about that I think would be probably pretty interesting as far as articles go, but I'm not sure it would actually do anything for me. It wouldn't get me closer to any goals that I have. I'm not sure about, right? right. I'm not sure that it would. Um, I, I'm I'm not I'm not convinced that it's going to make me more money, and I'm not convinced it's going to bring out some opportunity either. Like my opportunities seem to come from personal contacts. You know, you're doing stuff in the real world and then people in the real world see what you're doing or introduce you from other people. But I, I have not had the experience where someone who just read an article came to me and said, hey, Jason, you know, I like what you're doing. Could, you know, you do X. You know, like I said, I think, you know, actually I've, I have done, I did do two consult, small consulting projects and one almost consulting project. Maybe, maybe there's more for the, for the trading stuff. So maybe I had some minor things, minor league stuff. Nothing major. And does so the, the writing stuff that you want to get into doesn't fall in this category. This is that's just more about like writing stories and um so writing is basically a different expression. Like act, writing blogs versus writing fiction. I would yeah. just do anything like that for fun. That's a fun you know, thing. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean Yeah, I mean I'm not saying it's not possible to reap some kind of professional or financial reward either directly or indirectly from doing stuff on the web. I just haven't personally experienced it. Yeah, no, I know. And, and it, but, it's, but it's been advice that you've given to people, right? So I remember that was like a major piece of advice that we gave in the early days was, look, you know, if you want to start getting opportunities, pick a, a technology that's new, write a tutorial series about it. You yeah, know, no, that, I, that I still piece. think that's true. And I've seen, we've had people come out and tell us that that actually worked. That it them. worked, yeah. Yeah, but that's, very, that's a very targeted strategy yeah you know i want to be an expert on go or i want to be an expert on you know ember or something right write a bunch of articles on that um yeah it's too bad i had three or four so we got to go i have to go yeah because um no one's at home to look after jack so i have to head we have been you know we've got on the clock anyway an hour and 45 i don't know how much edited but uh what's a really important thing that you want to say before we no, there's there's nothing I can just uh, you know I'll just just I'll, I'll bunch of this one thing. It's yeah. just sort of a it's just based on what we've already talked about, and we can just do a show in a couple weeks and cover the other stuff. Okay, but you know, the idea of unsubscribe all it's also just getting it's not just like the inbox, but just getting rid of the crap, which is a famous thing that Steve Jobs said to, I guess uh, was it Phil Knight, what are the guy who's the CEO of Nike? Hmm. He said, you know, focus on the things. You're, that you do well. Focus on the really good stuff. Get rid of the crap. And that was when he, when he, when, when Jobs came in and took a, over as CEO of, of Apple again, back in, what was it, 98, he just, they just started axing product lines because they had, there were you know, so much stuff and a lot of it was kind of mediocre. And he's like, this is all garbage. Get rid of all this stuff. And 
you know, I've been kind of following that philosophy of just kind of just hacking off anything that I was involved in that wasn't really what I wanted to be doing. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't really adding value because all it does is add stress and suck away your time because it sucks away your time and now indirectly adding you stress because now you have less time for the things that you, Mm. that you want to do. And then the things that you need to do. Right. And when you have more time that it, it just, it decompresses like, Oh, I got plenty of time to do the stuff I need to do as a husband and as a father and things that I need to do to take care of myself. And then I have still, I have plenty of time to do the stuff that I want to do. But if you're like involved in a bunch of projects, you know, that are not. That was the year of no, wasn't it? Yeah, it was part of the year of no. And it's the year of still no. (laughs) It's just kind of trying to stick to that, but also just getting out of all these other projects and all these, you know, things. And uh, I think it's, it's, it's created less stress for me. It's, It's, it makes, I think it makes me happier when I have, I don't have things hanging over my head. You know, either in my inbox or otherwise. All right. All right. Well, that's it. Right. We're done. So we we have to be done because I have to head out. But um, I'll just say to anyone who hasn't done so already, (laughs) nugget.one. There's only, there can be only one. (laughs) Because it's nugget, not nuggets. (laughs) All right. All right. Uh, That's a wrap. We're out.